welcome to episode 14 of the BM Cast. Not a podcast that ignores the overwhelmingly negative response to their latest cash grab because as long as we hit those figures by the end of the quarter, then this will all be worth it, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I'm Scott and I'm joined by the coffee goblin herself, Emma. How are you doing this week? I'm a bit tired to be honest, it's been a bit of a long week, but can't complain. In terms of magic, I got a really cool care package from Wizards of the Coast this week. Very similar nice. to what you got. I got some set boosters, draft boosters. I got the new commander decks as well, which is really cool. Not Ooh. sure what I'm going to do with the commander decks yet. There might be a little cheeky BM cast giveaway at some point. Otherwise, I played some actual paper magic, which is... What? Yeah, I know. It feels like I'm back in the old times. I played with my other half and he was playing Rackless Goblins and I was playing like Demir Rogue Meal with like Delver Secrets and Thieve Guilds and Forces. It was a good blast. It was a good game. Otherwise, in like in terms of content, uh, I've been brewing up some post-rotation standard lists that you can use in Modern, which is now live at TCG Player Infinite when this goes live. And otherwise, I have been playing a lot, a lot of Hades because that game is great. And <laughs> I heard you picked that up recently too. Oh yeah, I've been playing an awful lot of Hades. It is so good. I'm absolutely hooked. Absolutely hooked. It looks so good. Yeah. And I like I don't like hack and slash games normally, but like this is so good. Like the art style is fantastic, the story is fantastic, the characters are fantastic, the everything is so good. Can't recommend Amazing. it enough to be honest. Yeah. Maybe we should do a little BM cast Hades special at some point as like extra content. Because I have a lot to say about the mm. game and I'm sure you do too. I'll be up for that. Some Hades stonks. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> We'll look into this. <laughs> if you're listening and this sounds like something you would like, let us know. Yes. <laughs> let us know on Twitter. Uh, I've also tried Genshin Impact. This is something that has like shown up in the last few days. Sort of an ARPG. It's like a free-to-play one, but it does have like some gacha gambling kind of elements in it. Not necessary for playing the actual game itself. You know, it's worth mentioning them, though. But... Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. It's nothing nothing super spectacular or anything, but, you know, it's nice to have a nice open world to just sort of flop around in and have a bit of fun, you know? Looks beautiful. Yeah, I'll have to check but, it out. Uh, magic-wise, though, I'm ignoring most of Magic Twitter at the moment because it's a total trash fire, thanks to the giant schism in the Commander community over the whole Walking Dead and Secret Lair kind of fiasco, so... Yeah, it's a bit of a trash fire, isn't it? Yeah, let's, uh, let's move on from that. However, there is more to Magic than Twitter. So last night I played a game of uh, Commander with Commander Mechanic, who we are due to be on an episode of theirs very yes. shortly. I yes, believe. very soon. Yeah, that would be quite yeah. exciting. So as Scott said, Chris, the guy who runs Commander Mechanic, he got us on the show up earlier in the week, it was a couple of weeks ago now. And we talked about some new Zendikar cards and kind of built a Commander deck around our play styles. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be quite exciting to see at some point. Yeah. So I played a game last night with Commander Mechanic and Trapixium and also Chain of Commander. I was playing my new Jorian Rune Diver deck. It was so much fun. Yeah. I think it's my new favorite deck. I really do. I literally killed two people last night with a Thousand Year Storm and a Lightning Bolt. Love it. Not surprised you're playing, <laughs> is it? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the main topic of the day. And we've got a different one for you today we've got pauper commander yes so when we started the podcast about three months ago now i want to say mm. we were very focused on pioneer and modern because that's where a lot of the budget content tends to lie because those formats can be quite expensive so people want affordable gateways into those formats rather mm. than focus on pioneer or modern we at the bm cast feel it's right to widen our scope to include as many formats as we can 
Budget Magic is at its core about inclusivity and we'd like to make sure we can promote that as much as possible. So whether you're trying to find a cool deck for Arena that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, I'm looking at you rare wildcards, building a commander on a tight budget and still want to hold your own in your own pod, or just looking for new ways to play with friends and have a good experience. Um, going forward, we're going to try and make sure we've got you covered in that. So we're going to expand our stonks to various formats mm-hmm. and in the really niche ones. So like Pauper EDH, for example. Yeah, for sure. And let's be honest and call a spade a spade here. Magic is a total mess right now. Whether you're talking about the competitive formats being dominated by the cards from the last year or the newly formed split in the format of Commander, henceforth known as the war. Don't mention the war. And (laughs) it's all been a mess. And it would be nice to have something different from time to time. That's why we're going to focus on Pauper Commander today. It's a weird one, but it's great. So just to give a little bit of background... I can't remember which one of us had started pushing the Popper Commander idea in the first place. I think I might have done it, but uh, it could have been either of us. I think it was a combination of you, me, and Angelo last week, like pre-recording. We were talking a lot about Commander because Angelo is a noted Commander content creator. I mentioned Pauper EDH a little bit because I have a Pauper Cube, so it's just a nice little, there's a nice bit of overlap there. And I just think it came to this point where it's just like, I'm going to update my Pauper EDH deck. And then you were like, I'm doing Budget Commander at the moment. Let's see what this is about. And then you just went down this rabbit hole of options by the sounds of it. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. So I personally have always been obsessed with weird and off-the-wall formats. Like, I fell in love with Pygame Magic, you know, that you do with a... You open a pack and you make five piles of three cards and play out like mini games with five life and all that kind of stuff that led me to designing the Pygo cube which if you are a patron you can find a link to that video in the show notes and i even played standard pauper back in my lgs i built like 10 standard pauper decks back in dominaria so it was before it was a thing on arena you could say that i'm a real format hipster when it comes to these kind of things you know (laughs) like as a player i appreciate the unique play experience but as a brewer i also adore the challenge you're putting these restrictions on building and playing and restriction breeds creativity is the phrase that i constantly refer to when it comes to sometimes people go like how do you make so much content on like budget stuff and i'm like what it's because it's budget i have a restriction it forces me to be creative absolutely with those skills in mind it makes you a better player as well because you're just working with limited resources it's just a really good thing to do from time to time but yeah purple commander just seems this really fun format I played a little bit of it in the past and yeah, with standard pauper, I played it on arena and I had a blast. Like I wish I could play it in paper because it, it was really, really fun. I remember having like this blue black mill deck, which was really sweet. Yeah. Just before we go forward though, I do think it's important to point out that a lot of people get deterred from these formats because other people aren't doing them. Mm. Don't let that stop you. Like, if you're sitting there with a couple of boxes of like random magic cards and you're like, I could build a pauper commander deck, but who am I going to play with? If everybody took that attitude, then no one will have any format ever. So be the person to start it. Be the change you want to see in the world. If you really want to do something, just do it. The beauty mm-hmm. of pauper EDH is that it's super cheap. So you can make three and four decks and just get three friends to come over and just have a pod going. It's quite easy to do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so don't be deterred by people being apprehensive to start because no one else is playing or whatever. Just try it. Build a deck with the cards that you have. That's, at essence, what Commander was actually supposed to be about in the first place, being able to play with the cards you have. And even if you do build a deck for it and then end up not playing any games for it, like, no big deal. Like, you've just put yourself through a challenge that probably opened your mind in some way to better deck building just through experience. So 
There's no downside. It's free real estate. It's free stocks. <laughs> free stocks. So I guess we should probably explain what Pauper EDH actually is. This is a bit weird because we put out on Twitter for our usual Q&A. And a bunch of people had actually asked questions about Popper EDH because we had actually mentioned that we were going to be doing it. So Alex Cascade actually asked, you know, what's the deal with Popper EDH essentially? Like, what are the rules and so on? How's it managed and everything? So we do have this here. Would you like to start off the rules, Emma? Yes. So Popper EDH has a different rule set to traditional commander. So in this instance, you can have any uncommon creature as your commander. So it doesn't have to be legendary. It can just be any uncommon creature. So, for example, you could have, say, Mayhem Devil as your commander. <laughs> However, all the cards in your deck have to be commons. There can't be any uncommons or any other rarity. If they've had a common printing at some point, they are legal. So Planeswalkers are very similar to traditional commander, as in it's a rule zero thing. So if your playgroup's happy with it, you can run them because we have the uncommon Planeswalkers from War of the Spark. Um, so yeah. you can play them as your commander if your playgroup is cool with it. And you, you can use partners as well. So in Battlebond, we had a roster of uncommon partners. Mm-hmm. Same is going to happen in Commander Legends soon as well. So they have the same ruling as normal commander. However, you start with 30 life instead of 40. And you have 16 points of commander damage. So if you take 16 points of damage from an opposing commander, uh, you lose the game as opposed to the 21 in other commander. Mm-hmm. At the moment, there is no current ban list for Pauper EDH. There are a couple of commanders which are generally frowned upon just because they can't be dealt with. So stuff like Invisible Stalker and Ascended Guildmage are the noted ones, just because there isn't the right tools at a common rarity to deal with them. So you can play yeah. them, but some people might show a bit of disdain just because they're very difficult to deal yeah. with. And lastly, Pauper EDH doesn't have like a rules committee compared to like normal commander, to the best of our knowledge. But there is a Pulpit EDH subreddit, which is quite popular and very engaging. They tend to give lots of advice and, you know, good habits to to play within the format. But there's no need for one because it's not that big compared to normal commander. And it seems to run itself absolutely fine. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it borrows super, super heavily from Commander with the whole Rule Zero thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know what, if you see an uncommon creature that you just really do not want to see as a commander at all, and, like, the rest of your pod are okay with it, like, it's just, it's fine, just get rid of it, just don't have it. Yeah, so, like, in, in normal Commander, just communicating is a very important thing. If you don't communicate, then no one's going to have a good time, are they? It's like reading the room sort of thing, which I think is something yeah. Commander players do struggle with anyway. Same applies here. Like, you just got to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You just got to be cool with things. That's all. So moving on to why Pauper Commander, because Lan's leaving on Twitter, James, my DM, for better or worse, uh, has uh, has asked this question, why Pauper Commander? Like, what is different to it than, say, normal Commander? And like I said already, it is a unique and different format where you get to try different things. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying something new to just see what it's like, you know? And this is something that I also, I actually feel... Oh, this might be my rant for the day. Oh, yeah. I got a rant. This is something I didn't really think about too much. It just sort of popped into my head here now. But I do feel it's worth pointing out that lower power does not mean lower fun. Agreed. When it comes to commander. Lower power does not mean lower fun. Low power commander is actually probably my favorite format. Like, sure, that's nice that you have your mana crypts and your, your infinite combos and your all sorts of mad stuff. 
I love really dumb commander where like, ah, oh, my deck's kind of okay. Like there's some sweet synergies. There might be a combo just to eventually get everyone to just stop playing. But like sometimes like filling a deck with tutors and fetches and all sorts of stuff. Uh, no, not, not for me a lot of the time. Like that game of commander last night with commander mechanic and, and the rest. My Jory end deck was $98. Nice. And beat literally everybody, you know. It's still reasonably high-powered, like, in the grand scheme of things, but, like, I was playing against people playing, like, OG duels and Sylvan Libraries and all sorts of mad, ridiculous things, and I'm like, you don't need that. Everybody was super happy by the end of it. I was like, sorry, I'm storming off here, and they were like, no, this is really cool, actually, you know? You're winning without the combo, but you're still comboing, but it's weird stuff, you know? And I really like that. I like being able to pick up a pile of crap in the grand scheme of things, you know, like, it might be, like, a three or a four, on the on the power scale but you like if everybody's playing that same power level like it's actually just so much fun it is easily some of the most enjoyable commander that or magic full stop that you can have i'd have to agree the misconception that lower rarity equals lower power cards it's not true especially at the moment like wizards are really pushing the power level of like commons and uncommons for example and if you've ever played pauper just the format and come up against Tron, it is a miserable experience because it's just flickering Stonehold dignitaries and you just can't do anything. It's just that misconception that if it's cheap, it mean, must mean it's bad. But it's, that's definitely not the case because you can have a lot of fun with yeah. these and they can be quite powerful if built correctly. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say that anyone that thinks that lower rarity equals lower power has definitely not played blue in Pauper ever. Because yeah. so, <laughs> you have Ponder and Brainstorm and those are completely fine. <laughs> yeah i mean they literally just like last year they banned gush days and gataxian probe yeah like um, and then foil became le- uh, pauper legal that was a hate yeah pauper force of will <laughs> now exists so um sorry so rant over all right that that was my little rant that's the rant for the day hopefully i won't have another outbreak later but that should be it. i know it's quite early in the episode but still uh so why pauper commander like we said lance leaving was asking it, different play experiences first of all it's a totally different play experience there are no real board wipes and stuff so you could be sitting there like and this is all lower power in comparison to commander for the most part so you could be sitting there putting together your board and your nice little bit of synergy and this that and the other and the last thing you want is to get your entire board wiped and that just won't happen here it just won't happen like the best board wipe in the entire format i would say is pestilence and like that speaks volumes for the power of the sweepers in this format, you know, but there are excellent answers otherwise to things, you know, like you have stuff like lightning bolt or cast down or a braid or flame slash or there are so many good pieces of removal that often things just won't really get that out of hand in the first place. You get a lot of different and unique effects in the command zone that you otherwise wouldn't get in commander. Like, for example, you mentioned earlier Mayhem Devil. Mayhem Devil in the command zone is nuts. It's absurd. It's nuts. Like, I built a deck list, which you can find in the show notes if you're on Patreon. It's basically, like, a bunch of basics, and then everything else in the deck sacrifices something, either itself or something else. And a bunch of cards give Mayhem Devil Death Touch. So it just turns into a a machine gun (laughs) that literally kills anything that goes near it. There are so many commanders that are like that and stuff as well. So definitely worth looking into for that. When it comes to brewers in particular, this is absolutely, like Popper itself, absolutely a brewer's paradise. You can build together anything. There are so many mad things. Like you mentioned Soul Herder. Like, that's so sweet. Yeah. You just have, like, a blue-white flicker deck. Like, I know you can do that in Commander anyway, but, again, restriction breeds creativity. 
there are so many sweet different things that you can do in this that you wouldn't consider in Commander because you're like, oh, well, a Man of War might not be that good. But here, it absolutely is because you could just flicker it every turn and your main win condition just gets bigger. You know, that's really, really sweet. You can't really do that in Commander. Well, you can do that in Commander, but because you'll be playing Brago, and everybody hates Brago, so you're going to get killed out of the table straight away because there's this preemptive yeah. reputation of cards such as Brago. Yeah, yeah. Like, I play Soul Order in Pauper EDH, and I have, I have an absolute blast with it because I, I love Flicker Tempo decks. They're my bread and butter. But yeah, you get to just play with cards that you just wouldn't usually play with. Yeah. Like You've come across so many that just, oh, just seem really, really sweet. Like, for example, I kind of want to build a Slimefoot deck at some point because it's an uncommon and that yeah. would be really cool as like a Saproling tribal deck because a lot of the good Saprolings and the token generators are in the common rarity. Yeah, and from a brewing perspective, you will be looking up more cards that you didn't know exist. You know, like I was building a, a Phalanx Leader deck. So it was like a heroic one that generates a bunch of tokens and then targets the Phalanx Leader or other heroic creatures with spells so that you get incremental value and growing your board and all sorts of stuff there's so many different spells that i have added to that deck that i didn't know existed until i started building the deck and now i'm like oh this card could go into feather and this one could go into some other deck and like they're really weird like niche unique cards but you will get a bunch of cards that you will find uses for in actual commander or in other formats for that matter that when you then sit down at a table with someone and you cast one of these spells, you're going to get a reader. Like, someone's yeah. going to pick up the card and be like, wait, what's that? What does that do? What? I didn't know this was a thing. From a budget brewer perspective, if someone picks up your card and reads it, that's that's like a compliment right there. And we were mm -hmm. talking last night. Like, this is a really good example. I just discovered Seal of Removal exists, which is a one blue mana enchantment, you sacrifice a return target creature to its owner's hand. That's absolutely fantastic. I didn't realise it existed because I was just scanning through Scryfall for any other cards and I'm like, yeah, this is really sweet. I picked one up for like 10 pence yesterday. You know, yeah. can't complain. Yeah. One other thing. Now, we all know that sometimes it is good to fit a combo into a commander deck to make sure that you know, games don't last literally forever because they can. Like my partner, Leanne, she was put off Commander initially because the first game that she played took four and a half hours. And we also paused halfway through to like eat dinner. This was in a pub. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. Also, a random like pub quiz happened halfway through as well that we weren't <laughs> informed of. But like that aside, it was a whole experience. The people we were playing with were Leanne's friends. They were all great. They were great fun. But it took like four and a half hours. And the reason that it took that long is because no one had a real way to just end the game outright. You know, there were a couple of things, but like they were dealt with early on in the game. So it just went on. But it is important to have those things there to make sure that, you know, we can actually put a, a stop to something at some point. There are fewer combos in Pauper Commander than there would be in actual Commander which is obvious because we have far fewer cards available in the card pool, but there are still some really, really good combos there. Like I was talking with yourself, Emma, just before we hit record, I was talking about Layweaver and Loreweaver from Battlebond, the uncommon partner commanders in green and blue. So one of them, you pay mana into it to make target player draws three cards, I think it is. And then the other one taps to untap two lands, right? So the two of those sitting in your command zone, what happens if you put Freed from the Real? <laughs> on the Layweaver, you just tap them to untap two lands, one of them being an island. You tap the island to untap the Layweaver. 
and then you just keep doing so you're net gaining one mana every time you gain infinite mana and then with your other partner the lore weaver you just target everybody else at the table to draw infinite number of cards and lose the game on the spot so like combos still exist here but there are fewer of them and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is entirely down to you or who you play with if there are people that like play tons and tons of combos in the decks and stuff and you don't like it well then this might be a good way to go another point is that i've always found commander games to go on far longer than it needed to it's just for the unrelentless amount of board wipes people would just slam a board wipe and then nothing will happen for like half an hour because people have to rebuild their resources in poor edh as you mentioned earlier there is like one okay board wipe so i feel like games will end a lot quicker just because there isn't that reset button like a cyclonic is another good example Yes, there isn't combos, but yes, there isn't a load of board wipes that someone's just going to go now, I'm going to reset the game for the 10th time. And you're just like, I just want to finish this game and start a new one because there is that point where it just goes on far longer than it needs to. Yeah, for sure. And another example of like a good combo is I built a deck with Chakram Slinger and Chakram Retriever. I think Battlebond, by the way, was a huge boon for this format. So they are the uncommon partners from Battlebond again. Chakram Receiver is an elemental hound. So I saw Doggo, I saw Izzet Colors, and I was like, I'm in. I am in. So what they do is, it's essentially mostly based around Chakram Retriever, the good boy himself. Because whenever you cast a spell during your turn, you untap a creature. So you put something like Retraction Helix on this. You cast Retraction Helix targeting Chakram Retriever. Until end of turn, they tap to return a non-land permanent to its owner's hand. You play a zero mana artifact, say like an ever-flowing chalice. They tap to return it to your hand. You cast it again. It'll untap the retriever. So all you need to do now is have something that benefits incrementally from doing something like this. So one of the things that I use is say like Reckless Fireweaver. Whenever an artifact enters play, it deals one damage to each opponent. Or Firebrand Archer. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it's one damage to each opponent. This kind of thing. And just have a bunch of those. So that deck is built around a combo itself, which is easy enough to disrupt because all you have to do is just kill this creature and then that's it don't know why you'd want to kill this good boy but you know you might be a monster who knows and <laughs> and like so there, there's definitely powerful things you could do and there are some absolute determinate combos like this that you can put in there are fewer of them they generally tend to be a little more fun due to their scarcity and also when they do happen they will actually just kind of end the game because you do still need those emergency buttons to be like ah, oh, now hold on something has to change you know yeah. so it still exists, for sure. Yeah, I um, have something similar in Soul Herder. It's not quite an infinite combo because it's quite hard to do in Azorius colours. But mm-hmm. I have Golf Squid, which, you know, if you know your Prophecy cards, this card's a hoot. So Golf Squid is a 4-mana 2-2, and it's a beast. So when it enters the battlefield, you tap all lands target player controls. So you just keep flicking this and tap everyone's lands, and then people can't do anything. So it's a bit of a soft lock, not really an yeah. infinite combo, but try and win the game on the spot by just tapping all your lands. That's kind of gross. It's gross. Right. I got really excited when I picked up a foil one for 30p the other day. I felt like it was a right bargain. <laughs> now, when you say Gulf Squid is a beast, like, is that your opinion on it or is that its actual typing? It's, it's actual typing on the prophecy card. <laughs> it might have been a rotted since, but apparently it's a beast. So I'm like, all right, because typings were a lot more generic back then. For sure. I just realized that my Chakram Retriever zero mana artifact thing will actually still work around that self-lock so i'm pretty happy nice we'll have to have a game at some point (laughs) for sure we might even stream it who knows Ooh, yeah so 
there is one other thing about Pauper Commander as well that I think is worth talking about. And it's something that is talked about quite a lot in Commander itself, which is power level. It's very, very easy in Commander to bring along a fun deck, say like a like a four or a five on the power level, which, by the way, is already loose enough of an approximation because different people have different ideas of what every point on the power level actually is. And then someone could come along like, oh, we're playing Commander? Cool. And then come along with like a 9 or a 10. And then just slaughter literally everybody. And then no one has fun because the person that has the 9 or a 10, sure, they're going to win like three or four games in a row in the space of like 15 minutes. But it means that they have no challenge. You're not going to be engaged in the game. You're just going to go off and do your thing. And the other people are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs being like, well, this was a waste of time. Let's never do this again. You can't really get that in Pauper Commander because the power level of everything is pretty much hard capped at like five on the power level in the grand scheme of things. Like these decks that we're talking about here, we've been sitting around and testing with them and tweaking with them and stuff. They can't really get a whole lot better than about five or six maybe on the power scale. So the power discrepancy between different people's decks, unless someone is purposely building really poorly, like on purpose, which I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you know what? I'm not going to kink shame. You're going to have a lower number of non-games from this as well, you know. And speaking of this kind of thing as well, it's something that kind of puts people off. I've noticed, ties into my rant earlier on, is that when people hear that it's, you know, it's only commons or pauper or whatever, or they hear like pauper commander, they're like, oh, so it's like commander except less or not as good or whatever. Like, that's not the case. It's different. Like, sure, it has a similar name and a similar concept, but... They are ultimately different formats. It's like when people say like, oh, Historic and Pioneer are basically the same thing. They're not. One of them has Phyrexian Tower and the other doesn't. Like that's a huge difference in formats. It's the same with this. I think a huge difference between Pioneer and Historic is that one is played more than the other. And the one that's played more is the one on Arena at the moment. But yeah, I agree with you. I think there's just a lot of elitism in Magic in general, which is just something that's not going to go away. Because people think, oh, you know, commons are bad, therefore why would I want to play with them? And it's just like, well, some commons and uncommons are really powerful. Like Force of Will is an uncommon. Demonic Toot is an uncommon. I don't think you can really be too elitist about it because you probably play with them at some point. That's it. So we do also have, for anybody that is interested in trying this out, because take it from us, it is a sweet format. It's really cool. It's great to brew. It's really cheap as well. Really My cheap. My pulpit EDA deck cost me $30 and $5 of that is Arcane Signet. Yeah. $30 for a lot of fun like that in a Commander-esque format is really, really good. I think it's a great value for money. Yeah. Also worth pointing out that if you just have like boxes of cards, chances are you have a bunch of staples from this format already anyway. For example, my Chakram Slinger, Chakram Retriever deck comes in at a total of $50. Now that's expensive as far as this format goes. And the reason it's that expensive is because it's currently $9.50 for a Lotus Petal. And I only put the Lotus Petal in because I have one in my Teshar Commander deck anyway, that I'm just going to pull out and pop in there. So if you take that out, you're already down to like $40. And everything else that's in it, particularly if you play commander you're probably gonna have a bunch of it left lying around anyway you know like i'm just looking through my list here just to point it out like there's ponder preordain serum visions you know counter spell into the royal like these are all cards that people just have lying around anyway you know so 
chances are you can have a Copper Commander deck sitting there in a box, just not built yet. Lastly, I want to say is that the land base is so, so cheap because you don't need yeah. a amount of jewels. There's like five or six jewel cycles that you can probably run less than that. And then you have like Ash yeah. Barons and Evolving Wilds as your fetches. Like it's mm-hmm. really, really, really cheap. So fixing is not really an issue in the format because you don't need like these jewels or shocks or whatever. It's just, it kind of yeah. builds itself which is quite nice for sure also worth noting that stuff like land hate and stacks effects and stuff just don't exist in this format mm. which is nice yeah and also you don't mm. have soul ring which is the biggest bonus i quite like soul ring i don't have much of a problem with it mm. are we on two different sides here is this going to be the bm cast civil war soul ring or no soul ring no you, you know what commander <laughs> players are like they always moan when there's a turn one soul ring so you don't have that issue here yeah i mean that's fair yeah, yeah. Definitely worth checking out this format, for sure. If you are a patron, we do have some resources in the show notes listed here, including my Pauper EDH sheet, which Mm -hmm. is going to be available in the new Stonks tier. If you really love us, you will go to the Stonks tier and you will give us more money. (laughs) For real, though, like anyone that joins the Stonks tier is going to get extra value. So sometimes we will have additional resources like this like my new pop reading hate sheet which i'm going to go into detail in a little while but you'll get access to these extra resources that we have that we've put a lot of time into or a lot of effort into and if this is something that sounds like it'll be something that's appealing to you we seriously appreciate any bit of support and we want to be able to return that in kind with our stuff our our brain stonks. Brain stonks. And also, if this <laughs> tier becomes super, super popular, it means we can generate more content because we'll have more time to do it. So it's just something yes. to think about if you'd like to see more budget resources from us, you know, support it and help you achieve more stocks. Yes. Also worth noting that the whole oxymoron of giving more money to a budget podcast is uh, not <laughs> lost on us. That's We're very aware of that. Yep. <laughs> if you cannot afford to do these things, don't do them. But... Anytime that anyone can afford to do these things or even just sharing around and stuff, every single bit of it, hugely appreciated. Sorry for the plug halfway through the podcast. We kind of just got off topic, as is the case with me usually going (laughs) off on my tangents. So we have those there. We also have our lists for the decks that we mentioned, the Phalanx Leader one, the Chakram Partners, the Soul Herder, the Mayhem Devil. We also have a couple of other noteworthy commanders that we haven't quite gotten around to building decks with yet, but we'll just have a quick chat about them. So, Emma, you've already mentioned Slimefoot the Stowaway. So, mm-hmm. if anyone's played it in Commander, it's very, very similar yes. kind of idea. Plus, you get to play with a little fungus guy, and he's kind of cute. So. Yep. There's also worth noting that one of the master sets, I believe, uh, then shifted Zada Hedron Grinder to Uncommon. Yeah. So, if you really want to be that person that does Zada things... You can do it in Pauper Commander as well. Yeah, it's quite good because I suspect Zada would go to a Goblin Token sort of approach. So you just make this wide board and then you swell it up with cantrips. Mm. Empty the Warrens is also a common. So you can just storm yeah. off and then make loads of goblins. And you can play Grape Shot, which I don't know if you'd want to, but you can Grape Shot someone if you fancy it. But no, Zada seems pretty explosive and it's probably a really good at aggressive commander. Mm-hmm. I haven't built the list yet, but it looks to be pretty dirty. I actually think Grape Shot does make it into that list, but more as a board wipe than a win condition. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Also, you have Soul's Fire, which is really good in this deck. Yeah. Yeah, that's very disgusting. You see, the point we're making is like, it just sounds really gross, right? <laughs> Who doesn't want to play this? Yeah. There are even, for people that are like, oh, I want to build like a Bant deck or a Jund deck or even a five-color deck, there are limited options, but they do exist. 
They do absolutely exist. This is where it sort of splits from Commander a little bit more, that sometimes you might want to be playing Jund for whatever reason. You are not necessarily building your deck around your Commander anymore. It's more there for the color identity, and that's fine, you know. You don't have to do it. Like, I I don't think anyone's going to be frowning upon you for picking, like, I don't know, glass dust hulk or something just because you wanted to play like azorius artifacts kind of thing but it's not actually based around it or whatever you know so like it's not too strict there are some five color ones though like sphinx of the guild pact which doesn't look five colors but it's all colors yes trans guild courier is also all colors and a little bit cheaper yes if you just want to have a rainbow commander that you just don't play and you just want access to the colors but yeah with something like sphinx of the guild pact you can easily just do something with gates because all the gates yeah. are common, so I imagine there are some really good common gates matters cards that you can just slide in as well. Shame gates of blazes are uncommon. Yeah. I'm sure you can still do something. Yeah. The world's your oyster when it comes to brewing in this format. So. Oh yeah, so much fun. Nothing's off the table. Also, Edgewalker is an uncommon, so you could actually have Cleric Tribal because there are some Cleric payoffs at common. Ooh. I found this out just before we started the cast today. That's pretty sweet, actually. That might be really good when the D&D set comes out because there's just going to be a lot more Clerics. This is true. Mm. And also, with Commander Legends coming end of November, there's already been Uncommon Partners just been spoiled as well. So that's a really good segue to say if you bought a box of Commander Legends and you're like, oh, I've got all these commons, I don't know what to do with them. You could easily just make a pulpit EDH deck from those commons and two Uncommon Partners. Just saying. Yeah, Commander Legends is definitely going to be the set for this format. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, you could probably just buy a box of Commander Legends, like you said. Just do a draft, you know, obviously adhering to all of the safety measures within your country or wherever you are at the moment, distance with masks and so on. But you could do these like little drafts or sealed things or whatever. And then once you're done with them, rather than just fishing out all the commander playables and then just dumping the rest, make some popper commander decks. Be sweet. They'd be a great head start on some of them. Yeah, honestly, I'm really tempted to do that myself because I've pre-ordered the box. So I'm just set myself a challenge. Can I build a popper EDH deck from this box? And I might even write about it because it's just a good way to make the most out of your purchases and it just gives you a fun little challenge to do as well. I encourage others to do it. It seems a lot of fun. Absolutely. So yeah, that is pretty much it about Pauper Commander. It is fantastic. Highly recommend it. I think you've probably gotten that by now. We're we're advocates for the format. But let's move on to... We've already technically answered two questions from the Q&A by going through this. However, we do have another one. Let me direct this at you first of all, Emma. At pauper underscore B asks, there are roughly 3,500 unique uncommon creatures legal in PDH. Pauper Dragon Highlander, I guess. Pauper Commander. How did you narrow down your choices? Or will you just eventually build decks for all of them? Emma, will you eventually build 3,500 Pauper Commander decks? No, because I do not have room for that many decks. So Pauper B makes a really good point that there are so many commanders you can make in this format just because of the amount Mm. of commons that are available. What I tend to do, I'm not going to build 3,500 decks because I don't have the time, nor have I got the room to accommodate them all. (laughs) What I did originally, so I've been into Pauper EDH before we recorded this some time ago because it was played in my LGS for a hot minute. I just picked a card I like the look of. So what I built, I built Reflector Mage because Reflector Mage is an uncommon and it's very similar to Soul Herders and it was just a blink deck, but I just used Reflector Mage as a really good blink target. What also helps is that I have a peasant cube. So I know what the really cool commons and uncommons are because I have a cube and I play with them regularly. And Blue White Blink is an archetype in my cube. It's probably one of my favourite archetypes to draft within that cube. 
So it was really easy for me to build a, a kind of know what I enjoy playing in Magic, which is like tempo value strategies. And I enjoy stuff like Reflect and Mage and Soul Herder as well. So it just it just kind of had like this natural come together that, yeah, I was going to build like Blue White Blink. But yeah, if you're coming into this like new and you don't know what to do, just find like an uncommon that you enjoy playing with and a colour identity that you enjoy playing with and just kind of take it from there. You do have a lot of choice, so spending a good five, ten minutes just to go, I want to play like a sapling tribal deck. Oh, Slimefoot's a really, really good one. Or I want to sacrifice loads and loads of permanents. Mayhem Devil's a really good one. There's just so many choices because they keep pushing the power level on commons. So yeah, just spend some time to have a look through. Just find a card you like the look of and take it from there, really. Yep. One of the next things I think I might build around based on that logic is Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Yeah, I saw that one as well because it's just like mono black. <laughs> it just seems really, really sweet. I want to build one of the demigods as well because the Theros demigods are a really, really oh, yeah. good one as well. I kind of want to build Renata at some point and have this mono green counters yeah. ramp deck because I have a Renata in my cube and she does really, really well and counters are an archetype in the cube so I could easily have like Winding Constrictor or Conclave Mentor as a commander or I could just go mono green with Renata. Because in green, you have all the mana dorks. So you have like Elvish yeah. Mystic, Ladder Elves. You can run Elves of Deep Shadow as well if you're in green-black as well. So There's so much available, so many options. And like pretty much everything is viable. For me, I just did a search in Scryfall for all the legal commanders based on color and then whittled them down to the best or most unique of each kind of effect. So I kind of went ham on this i went overboard emma will tell you i spent yeah. so much time this week putting together this pauper commander database which is now available like we said earlier on on the new stonks tier on our patreon yeah so i've whittled down all of the commanders that i think were like the best or most unique version and in order to decide what was viable or what I wanted to sort of go down the road of building or brewing, I had to list all of the different pieces that you could work with in the format. So I went hard. I added all the removal, all the card draw, all the creatures, the ramp, the artifacts, the fogs, you name it. To this database, I have it separated out by color and by function. And I've pretty much comprehensively mapped the entire format into this Google sheet by the looks of it, or a large majority of it, at least anyway. And once I did that, I realized that so many of the commanders that I picked out are actually just completely viable. At that point, I was like, well, I'm just going to pick whatever looks cool. I've always liked Mayhem Devil. I always thought it was really cool. And then I was like, well, I'm going to build an Izzet deck. Will I have something like, a, say, Sprite Dragon or Crackling Drake? I didn't really want that myself because I'm not a fan of Voltron builds. And they kind of just lean into that, like, very heavily. So I saw the Chakram Partners and I was like, wait, well, I'm sure you can do something with this. And then remembered that there were old pauper decks that used to have that weird janky combo of Banishing Knack and, yes. and that kind of thing. So I was like, well, why not just put that into this? One of the combo pieces is now in the command zone. Like this works brilliantly. So big fan of the engine builds or like heavy build arounds and stuff. So those kind of ones were right up my alley. I just took them and I just started running with it. And to be honest, a lot of the decks can, if you want them to, really just build themselves. If you want to brew, you can find challenge in it for sure. But if you want to just throw a deck together really quickly, I found that you can really make some good headway in like 10, 15 minutes by just using, say, like this database or any other database for it that you might find on the internet and yeah and just throwing down all the stuff that looks good it also very much follows similar build design and stuff as it does with normal commander you know like you still have like your 38 odd lands or whatever and then like a bunch of mana rocks and make sure you have some interaction and that kind of thing so yeah <laughs> i i definitely went the long way around it i would yeah. not recommend it i <laughs> i did it so that you didn't have to 
So for context, in our little Facebook Messenger discussion we have going on, Scott would send screenshots of like, oh yeah, here's black, here's blue. And I got green and it was just like, oh my God, green has so many cards because there's just so many mana dorks and ramp and whatnot. It's just like, that's crazy. It's just, mm-hmm. you don't realise that these were all common, at least at some point. Pretty impressive. And the amount of green has encouraged me to build a green deck at some point. It's... Uh... It's really something. Green has, I want to say, like 70 pieces of good ramp. Like, it really knows how to ramp a common really mm. hard. The payoffs aren't quite there because you have, what, Colossal Dreadmore? If, if, I imagine it's pretty good at Pauper EDH, to be fair. It's a 6 mana 6-6 six, six with Trample. But, yeah, like, you yeah. don't have, like, your Eldrazi. So you have, like, Ulamog's Crusher, which is probably the best one. But yeah, it's just like the acceleration you can have in green just seems really, really powerful. Yeah. This format is definitely a little a little slower in terms of pieces that turn the corner, if you know what I mean. So there are no like end the game plays that like someone casts this card and it's like, oh, damn, we're dead. That is the case with the combos, but you can see them coming a mile off. You know, like they play their commander and you don't kill it for a whole turn. That kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know. So, yeah, I would highly recommend if this is not your cup of tea, find something else that is different to the usual formats that you see right now. Because to be honest, you're just as likely to set up a game of paper pauper commander over webcam as you are a normal commander or standard or whatever it is at the moment. So find a couple of people that are into it. Jump onto like if there's a discord for it or the subreddit or whatever, whatever it is that you want to do, make magic the game you want to play is, is essentially what I'm getting at here. Just because it's not a sanctioned format doesn't mean it's not a great format. This is it. Like We were big fans of Pauper before Watsy even considered sanctioning it. And, you know, that had a really passionate, tightly knitted following as well. And Pauper mm. EDA is just the same. Like, you're going to see so many people that really, really care about the format. You'll get some nice engagement out of it if you are interested in it, of course. You do realise, though, talking about doing all of these weird and off-the-rail formats... Mm. we've probably priced ourselves into a Tiny Leaders episode, haven't we? That's fine. I used to play loads of Tiny Leaders, so I am good to go. Thank you for listening to the BMcast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagicast at gmail.com. You can follow us at the BMcast on Twitter, search for Budget Magicast on SoundCloud, and support us over at patreon.com forward slash budgetmagicast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck.